What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. I'm so excited about this episode of our Dream Life podcast, where I get to share the wonderful conversation I had with the amazing Ella Mills. Ella is the inspirational founder and brand director of Deliciously Ella, the leading plant-based food company and health and lifestyle brand helping people all over the world to make healthy changes to their eating habits. Together with her husband, Matt Mills, Ella has grown her passion from a personal recipe blog, which she began in 2012, to the world-leading lifestyle brand it is today. Struck down in her 20s with a debilitating illness that left her in hospital for four months, Ella sank into what she refers to as an incredibly unhappy place, taking lots of medication that wasn't working before realizing that she needed to help herself as much as she could. So she took things into her own hands and went in search for a healthier way of life and now inspires millions to do the same through her social media channels, best-selling books, the Deliciously Ella app and blog, as well as healthy products stocked in about 6,000 stores across the UK. Her first book, Deliciously Ella, was the fastest-selling debut cookbook in the UK and is now translated into over 20 languages. You are going to find her story so inspiring, with deep insight into living life guided by your values, the power of following your passion, and very interestingly, how sharing your journey with others can have the most unexpected benefits. I can't wait for you to hear Ella's story, so let's get started. Well, hello and welcome, Ella, to our Dream Life podcast. I'm so excited to have you. Firstly, congratulations on your new book, I Love It, which I believe launched at number one on Amazon in the UK. Is that correct? It did. Thank you. Super exciting. Your story is so unique and inspiring, and I cannot wait to explore it in the detail with you. But first, I'd like to think back to your childhood. What were your dreams for the future when you were a child? Do you know what? Honestly, I I didn't really kind of specifically have any. Like I'd never found, you know, kind of something that really, you know, created fire, created passion. I, I really, really did not know what I wanted to do with my life. I never had that kind of big hobby or big dream or something that I felt like I wanted to spend my whole life working towards. Okay, that's interesting. But you are the picture of health and positivity today, but I know that your deliciously Ella journey began when you were in a very different place. Can we wind back the clock, back to the age of 20, hospitalized and feeling really unhappy? I would love you to tell us the story, how you came to be in hospital, how you were feeling and how that all led to what we know as the much loved deliciously Ella story now. So I said, I didn't really know kind of especially what I wanted to do with my life. I hadn't found that kind of sense of passion and purpose yet. But I was studying um, history of art at university, which I really enjoyed. It was really, really interesting. But at the end of my second year, um, kind of out of nowhere, I got very unwell um, with a condition that affected my autonomic nervous system. And it affected lots and lots of parts of my body. It was characterized by an inability to control my heart rate properly and my blood pressure 
but it also caused lots of side effects, including lots of infections. I was on antibiotics straight for two and a half years. I did antibiotic drips, everything. I had chronic fatigue. I had very, very bad digestive issues, and the list kind of goes on and on. And I was prescribed, I spent four months in our hospital, and um, I was then prescribed a whole host of different medications, um, including steroids. And, you know, 20 years older, people are talking about putting me on beta blockers. And, you know, it's just not where you think you're going to get to in your life. Anyways, and so I, um, for the following year, kind of did as, as I was told and, and took everything. But I, it didn't really work, especially. And after about a year, I hit a real rock bottom. And I just couldn't see what was going to be next for me. And um, I couldn't, I don't know, I just, I had really, I was in a very, very dark place. I was very depressed. I was very isolated. I, I really, my self-esteem was just at the rock bottom and I, I hated being around other people. It made me feel so much worse. And I realized, you know, what was my life going to be? You know, it was a really miserable existence and I was making it more miserable for myself by cutting myself off, but I just didn't have kind of confidence to be around people anyway and I realized that I needed to change something and I needed to look at elements in which I could possibly help myself a little more than I had been and so I started researching and I started became started to become interested in nutrition and lifestyle changes and well-being in general and was really interested in that concept and the more I started to understand our body and kind of how it worked, the more it became so clear, you know, yeah, you do need to eat your vegetables, you know, they have all these vitamins, all these minerals in that we really, really need for our bodies. And so I decided I would teach myself to cook and I would make healthy eating fun and I would put vegetables in the middle of my plate and I would transition to a kind of plant-based diet and have the vegetables as the core of what I was doing and through that delicious yellow was born wow that's so such an inspiring story but from overcoming a like the big health challenge that had you in hospital for four months at the age of 20 and feeling really unhappy to turning that into the most amazing success story by following and sharing your passion for healthy eating in the process you have quite literally inspired millions of people around the world by doing that do you feel that you're living your dream life now yeah, it's such an interesting question, that because, you know, I think, yes, I mean, I get to work with my husband, um, we get to build a company together, which I love, um, I get to do something that I love every day, I get to do something that's focused around community and people, and the support of our community is just kind of overwhelming, and I'm so appreciative of it, but, you know, I think sometimes I get too caught up in you know, and I'm sure you can completely relate to this. You can get too caught up in the stress of starting a business and then taking a startup and scaling it and, you know, the cash flow worries and the are we going bust tomorrow concerns um, <laughs> that come with that. And I think, you know, I think it's a brilliant question what you ask because it's really important. You know, I never, ever thought I'd in my wildest dreams be where I am today and you know so yeah 100% you know in that sense you are living your dream life and it's so important I think it's a good reminder to kind of appreciate that rather than you know notice the things that are not quite as they need to be. Yeah, absolutely. I can so relate to that. And and uh, one thing that I find really helpful is feeling gratitude every single day in terms of um, really appreciate where you are today. Because I guess also for us entrepreneurs, we're always looking at the big dreams and it's it's really scary in in so many ways when you're really out of your comfort zone and you're not really knowing if you you know if you're going to make it or not. And I think that never stops as long as you are you know dreaming big. So Ella, when you were 20 and really suffering with your illness and you felt alienated uh, from your friends, struggling to get your head around what was happening, taking a lot of medications, which obviously didn't do much for you, you actually had a major breakthrough and you realized that you needed to help yourself as much, as much as you could. What led to that breakthrough? Like, did you, did you decide what made you jump into that driver's seat and take control? Did anyone inspire that or did you arrive at that yourself? Um, I think, you know, I'm actually quite a big believer that I think you've got to get to that in yourself, you know, to make a big change. I think it has to be driven from within. And, you know, I know people had kind of tried to help me across that year and I just wasn't really ready for it. I don't know. And I, I think I realized how much I'd hit rock bottom 
and you know people you know my parents would say no I think you're depressed I'm not depressed and I I realized actually no you know I'm I'm really really not in a good place and I realized how unhappy I was making people around me and you know my poor mom who's so incredible such a supportive person but you know it's really difficult for her I think to see her child in that place and anyway so it was really a realization within myself that I was never going to have any sense of that you know kind of dream life if I continued along this vein like I would live at home forever I love my mum but I didn't want to live at home forever you know I as much as I didn't have that kind of fire and that big passion as to what my career was going to be I still wanted to have a career and I you know I wasn't going to be able to work you know, I wasn't well enough to like get on the tube and go on the bus on my own. And I just felt, I felt so kind of useless. And it was realizing that that is not how I wanted to live my life and really recognizing that that's where I was because it took me a long time to fully accept it because I didn't want it to be the case. I imagine it must have felt so empowering for you to take control of yourself when many people would have accepted that they would just leave it up to the doctor. So Ariana Huffington talks about moments like that as you are in, um, you're in control of the clicker and change the channel if you want. What advice have you got for our listeners on how they can jump into the driver's seat in their own lives or take control of the clicker and change the channel when faced with big challenges that feels outside of their control? Yeah, it's a brilliant question. And as you said, it really was empowering. I found it really, really empowering. That sense of feeling like you were, um, yeah, in control in some sense again. But yeah, I don't know. It's such an interesting question because I think probably we're going to all be quite different in the way we're dealing with different challenges in our lives. But I think, I think being totally honest with yourself is the moment in which things can change. Really, really straight up with yourself about where you are and where do you want it to be, you know. And if you are there and you want to be 10 miles ahead of where you are, something's going to have to change or you're not going to get there. And so I think the moment in which you can truly lift the veil and really be fully honest with yourself, I think that is when you can make that kind of, you can change the channel because you've got to be fully aware of where you are at that present time. And that is, I think, for me, what changed when I was able to start making changes because I said, look, I really am ill. This really isn't changing. This medicine really isn't magic. It isn't making me better. I don't have any friends. <laughs> you know, I am depressed. I sit all day watching the Kardashians. Um, <laughs> I don't want to do that forever. You know, I do want to have a job. Okay, well, if this is the list of things, if I keep sitting here and keep watching the Kardashians, <laughs> I'm not going to, you know, what's going to be different tomorrow? But up until that point, I had always said, the medicine will work tomorrow. The medicine will work tomorrow. My doctor needs to give me another medicine. You know, things like that. Do you see what I mean? Oh, I can't do it. I'm not well enough to do it. Do you, yeah. And it was when I was just completely honest with myself that I was able to kind of completely see it as it was and that therefore I needed to change something. Yeah. I think something you've done amazingly well is to turn the negatives of your health challenges into positives, starting by sharing your healthy food journey online. I'm so passionate myself about the benefits of sharing, as in sharing knowledge and experiences with others. My experience is that sharing often brings unintended positive consequences, which it certainly has in your in your um, in your journey. How important was this concept of sharing, sharing your story and progress, to you eventually building deliciously LA into an amazing business you build today? Well, it's such a brilliant question. I think it's got a lot of answers. So on a personal level, it was really powerful because a little bit like what we were just saying, I needed to be really honest with myself in order to change something. And up until that point, as I said, I kind of cut myself off from people. I was so ashamed of being what I thought I was useless and different and weird. And I therefore I wouldn't talk about it. You know, lots of people who've been my friends, they were like, literally, where is Ella? What happened to her? And I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to explain it. And it was, you know, when I published my blog and shared it with people for the first time, it was the first time that, like, lots of people were like, oh, I'm so sorry you've been through that. And I thought, oh, oh, that's 
maybe I shouldn't be so embarrassed. And then I got messages from people saying, oh, well, I've been through something similar. And it was suddenly this sense of connection again. And that is so powerful. And what I've then seen on a kind of, as Giselle has grown, I guess on a more professional level, how much people connect with people. And we all go through such similar challenges during our lives and we don't talk about them. So we think that we're alone in them and it makes the weight of them so much heavier. And my mother-in-law passed away a couple of months ago from brain cancer. And she was an amazing woman, absolutely phenomenal. And she, you know, she realized that it was unfortunately a terminal cancer. And, you know, she realized how little research there was within the brain cancer space. And she became really, really passionate and gave this amazing, she was a politician and gave this amazing speech in the House of Lords, in the House of Parliament in the UK, and created this amazing momentum and rallying behind this initiative for change within elements of the cancer space. And it was just so powerful to see as she started sharing her story and we started talking about it a little bit until it's just yelling because I work with my husband, he's our CEO, so he's you know, so directly related to, to our company as a family business. And, you know, how many people said, you know, thank you for talking about it. I felt really alone, you know, my mom, my dad, my sister, my brother, my dad. And, you know, and I know for, for Matt, that was actually a really powerful thing to say, okay, you're not on my own in this. Other people have been through this and they've lived through it and they've managed to put one foot in front of the other, even when they thought they couldn't. And they're here today and they're still standing and they're happy. And that's so inspiring. And I, I'm kind of become increasingly really massive believer in that sense of sharing stories because, you know, Yes, you may not have had the illness that I had. Yes, you may not have done X, Y, or Z, and you know, vice versa. But you will have had human experiences that completely relate. Mm -hmm. And the more we share about that, the more community we have. And I think that's one of the things that's missing in our lives and makes us feel lonely and alienated at times. And those aren't emotions that I think kind of get the best of us ever. Absolutely. Talking about turning negatives into positive, my experience feels very aligned with yours. There's always a silver lining around the darkest cloud and that no matter what, you can always find silver linings in any problems. And you obviously have, have had that in your story and your, and your, in your mother-in-law as well. Can you share your thoughts on what your experience has taught you about finding positives, even in tough situations? And how can our listeners put that into practice when they face the many challenges that come along? with chasing dreams totally i mean i think what i've realized is that you know there's no such thing as perfect in life and you've got to be kind of find the tools which can be different for everyone but you've got to find the tools to allow you to kind of ride the ups and the downs the highs and the lows and not kind of get too swept up in them because you never know what's coming tomorrow and in that sense as well finding an a way in which you can continue to bring a glass half full attitude to the table I think is so powerful because even when stuff feels so negative there's always positives there are in there is no situation basically where there isn't at least one genuine positive and I think as human beings our tendency and I know it was mine in the past is to err on the side of the negative and it's so much easier but there is always a positive. And as soon as you are able to put that at the forefront, the happier you'll be. And I think, you know, for anyone starting a business, leading a business, leading a team of people, I think that makes such a big difference in leadership as well, because, you know, you're going to have so many challenges and hurdles come up that you never expected to face probably in that one, the hurdles you were thinking you were going to have. And not prepared for them and it can really throw you off guard but you've got to be the person that inspires your team through them you've got to be the person that finds the solution the path you know that knocks down that wall and so you you know finding the attitude that helps you do that I think makes the world of difference yeah absolutely I have I have a belief that it's always every situation has 50% positive and 50% negative. So if exactly. there's, yeah, and it's kind of really good way of looking at it. It helped me a lot. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I really do. And I think it's just, you know, if it's 50% either way, you can see it either way, but your life will be so different 
if you choose one over the other. I would like to take you back now to the summer of 2015. You and your now husband, Matthew, started to talk a lot about what you could do together. I understand you were guided back then by a shared desire to create a socially and environmentally responsible company that you both hoped could start to change the conversation and perception around natural food. When I read about that point in your life, I thought to myself, ah, maybe that's when the, the, when the dreaming really started. Was that right? Or did you both feel like you were in a point in your lives where you're consciously taking time out to imagine your future, starting to dream big and starting about, you know, your journey together? I'm really curious how, how that process worked. Yeah, well, you know, I was a much more nervous person than that. And I was much more kind of thinking about stuff on a kind of more small scale. And I was nervous to kind of put myself out there and like really take that leap. And he is such a kind of big thinker, big believer, just brilliant attitude in that sense. And when when we decided to work together, it was so clear there was a really exciting opportunity with Delicious Yella. It was just after my first book had come out and it had become the fastest selling debut cookbook ever in the UK and it massively exploded and there was loads of press and media and things around what we were doing our social following had grown massively we were I don't know over half a million at that point anyway and so it was so clear that the opportunity was now and we wanted to run with it and it was Matt that really really helped push me to think big to imagine what we could do all the possibilities and have the confidence to really go after them and all he always says and it's so true like the worst that happens is someone says no and it doesn't work you know, like, it's okay. And I would always been kind of quite nervous. And it was, it was really, really empowering working together in order to kind of see something bigger. I know I really needed that support, that encouragement, that kind of handholding in some senses, in order to start to see that and believe that because I just, as I said, when I was sick, my self esteem was so low, my view of myself was was not a positive one. And so I just didn't have the belief in myself that I could do what he thought I could do. Mm, sounds like a really great partnership. And for our listeners, yeah. what, what advice would you give to someone struggling to find their strength in their own self-belief? Because that's one thing that I often hear um, that a lot of people are really struggling with their self-confidence and that's often stopping them dreaming big or, or creating their dream life. So what would you advise our listeners to how to deal with that? Well, it's a great question. I mean, one of the things that I think can make a really big difference is, again, coming back to that kind of concept of an honest conversation with yourself, like no one is good at everything, right? So, you know, it's not possible. But what are you really good at? You know, where are your strengths? You know, is it the vision? Is it the operations? Is it the sales? Is it the communications, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Where do your skills lie? And I think as you start to really focus in, what am I good at? What do I love? What makes me so excited? You can start to say, okay. And do you know one of the things that I think knocks my self-esteem when I try and do that? Because I'm not very good at it. I don't really like it. It kind of takes away the passion. Okay, the first person I'm going to hire is going to be the person that does that job. And start to see it like that. Because otherwise, I think we can be quite down on ourselves. And think we're kind of failing. But, you know, when you're starting a business, you're trying to do 72 different jobs, at least half of which you're not qualified for. Mm. Um, and it's okay to kind of take the pressure off yourself, I think, and recognize that no one expects you to be the most brilliant marketeer and the best accountant. Yeah, it's so true. I, I, I'm laughing because um, bookkeeping was my absolutely, you know, the weakness and I hated it. And uh, that was the first person I hired was to to do the books because it was just not my strength and I didn't enjoy it. And I was kind of wasting my energy on, on things that wasn't my strength. So that's really good advice. So thank you. <laughs> as well, because you thought I'm, I'm not good at this. Yeah, Absolutely. 
I have to ask you, just the other day, I was fascinated by an Insta post of yours. I love following you on Insta, by the way. Um, I always get so inspired and I always get inspired by to cook on my own, um, even when I don't feel like it. I always get inspired. So thank you for inspiring us who wants to cook better at home. <laughs> but um, on your post, uh, you mentioned that there was a moment last year when you actually had a thought of stopping deliciously Ella because of the negativity and confusions around eating well and I just love reading that post because it felt so clear that you had conscious consciously decided to just let go of the negativity of others and to build the inner strength to not mind about what other people think and I felt so happy for you and then I was obviously very delighted with the support you received on Insta for your honesty in that post but I love you to talk us through that and share what you feel other people could learn from that experience. Yeah, I think it was a really interesting moment for me. And I think what I realized at that point is, you know, not everyone is going to like you and they're not all going to like what you do. And that that's absolutely okay. And that what I kind of really felt myself was that there are three different, I'm sorry, there are two different types of criticism, right? And first of all, there's um, criticism for the sake of criticism. And that taps into the idea that you're not going to make everyone happy, right? Like that's the case in everything in life. And so if it's people just making comments saying, you know, tagging their friends saying, oh my gosh, doesn't she have the most annoying voice you've ever heard? Or like, oh, don't you think she looks quite fat today? Or stuff like that. (laughs) You just have to say, okay, whatever, you know? Okay, bye. Or people writing things about your brand being like, that's not what we say or what we do, but okay. And you just have to kind of accept it for what it is because that's what people have chosen to believe. But you then have constructive criticism and it's really important, I think, to be able to differentiate the two because constructive criticism, even if not told in a way you love it, is still really, really beneficial to your business and to you, I think, as a person in all the ways that you can learn and you can grow because there's always space for all of us to evolve. So I think kind of understanding how I could differentiate the two was a really important step. And then the other thing for me that was really important was coming back to that sense of purpose again. You know, and I think having a really, really deep sense of why you do what you do allows you to kind of weather anything really. Because, you know, for me, you know, barely a quarter of the UK eat their five a day, their five portions of fruit veg a day. And, you know, it's now meant to be a seven a day or a ten a day. Well, if barely a quarter of people eat it to begin with, we're a long way off all of us eating our ten a day. So we need to change that. And I believe that's going to be changed by making vegetables a little bit cooler, sharing lots of recipes, sharing lots of ideas, really upping the conversation around it. And, you know, I'm very passionate about the environmental side of of vegetarianism. And it became so clear to me that, like, yeah, some people are not going to like it because not everyone likes the status quo being challenged. But I really believe these issues are really important. And so I want to make a change in the world. And so it's okay for some people not to like me along the way because to me, the why matters more than that. And that was the, really the turning point for me. And that would always be kind of my like biggest tip to anybody who's got a big dream, who wants to start something, is really, really know why you're doing it more than money because that's what I think takes you through the difficult moments and there's no business in the world that doesn't have difficult moments yeah absolutely couldn't agree more in my new book I share with readers that I found great inspiration from dreams and experiences of others who would you say inspires you so many people but first and foremost our community honestly that's like my number one source of inspiration every day because i just love they're so interactive they're always sharing what they like what they're making and again coming back that sense of why that it's had a positive impact in them and whenever i hear that all i want to do is share more that's a great one and do you have any mentors and if so how did those relationships come about I don't really, but I think that's a lot because I started building this with Matt and we're so kind of intertwined as partners with each other that we've been kind of real, real supports to each other. You know, I've found people so supportive and so helpful and so generous with their time, but I've never kind of fully developed that one-on-one sense of, um, of a mentor before. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Great to have 
Matt as your your closest mentor. Very handy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you list natural, simple, and honest as your values, and it's clear that you're driven by these values in everything you do. I'm such a big believer that being guided by your values is hugely important to developing a life that you love. And I encourage people in my book to let their dreams be guided by what they truly value. How did you come to realize these were your key values and what's the process that you went through to to realize what they were? Do you know, they've really been around since day one, to be honest with you. I just didn't realize they were the values until it was time to kind of put pen on paper as we start to really started to really build the business side of things to be honest with you yeah I think it's that's what I wanted to change to be what I was eating and so as delicious yellow started from such a personal standpoint what we did was yeah very very reflective of that yeah and do you use those values like in everyday decision making or you know personal or business or have you got any examples how you how you use your values to make decisions yeah, absolutely. And so I think, you know, yeah, I think having a set of values, you know, for us, for example, like natural is really important. Like I want all the ingredients we use to be really, really simple. And so we don't use any additives. We don't use any stabilizers. We don't use any preservatives. So as we're going down the new product development route, you know, that sense of naturalness is absolutely 100% essential. And we won't cut corners and if it's not possible, we won't do it. And that allows, I think, our brand to have consistency in everything that we do. So I, I completely agree with you that having that kind of guideline is really important. And especially as you start to scale up and the team starts to grow, I think that that really also is so important because, you know, to begin with, everyone's so tightly together right you're sitting around one table there's four of you there's five of you you don't really need to have those values written down in the same way because they're so innate in how you talk as a founder and how you lead something as a founder but as it starts to grow and you don't start to kind of all sit at a table together because there's too many people for one table and you know you're maybe not around as much and you're not in every meeting with everyone I think you again need to have those really clear guiding principles that everybody can understand yeah, absolutely. It makes complete sense. We were touching before about purpose and um, and you appear to be highly purpose-driven and to be authentically doing what you love and something you see as truly meaningful. How do you describe what your purpose in life is and how did you hit on that as your purpose? To be honest, I think the purpose for me is, as I kind of tapped on, earlier is making vegetables cool you know it's making them more exciting it's making them more delicious it's trying to get people to start to eat the things we know we need to eat for our health and our well-being and you know in the western world that's becoming increasingly important and so yeah that was kind of my my purpose from day one Absolutely. In my book, I challenge readers to explore the idea, wouldn't it be amazing if you could make a living or spend a large part of your life following your purpose and doing what you really love? You are such a great example of someone who has done that. What advice can you share with our listeners about how they can make that happen for themselves too? You know, if you're going to start a business, it's so exciting and I couldn't recommend it more highly. But it is all-consuming. You know, it's a 24-7 thing. And so you need to love it. And so I think first and foremost, understand like, what are you so passionate about that you want the whole world to maybe know what it is and tap into it? You know, what is it that you would be happy to kind of put above and all else in your life for a period of time? And I think once you can identify something that fits that brief, that's when I think it's time to kind of jump head first in and like completely follow your passion. Um, and that would be my my biggest piece of biggest piece of advice. And I think if you don't know what that is today, that's fine. Like it comes to everybody at different times. You shouldn't put any pressure on yourself for it. And I think just trying to soak up as much as you can from as many people as you can, be exposed to as many different areas of an industry that you're interested in or the topic you're interested in. That that's the way to do it. And I think you know I. I started to just get very, very young and there were there's lots of benefits to that. But, you know, I wasn't as experienced as I would have loved to be. 
And I think that there's so much to be said for going to get real life experience in an industry in which you want to start something as well. There's a lot of glamorization about entrepreneurship, which is brilliant because we need more entrepreneurs, we need more businesses. It's, I think it's the lifeblood of, of an economy and it's, it's a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. That being said, I think it's harder than I definitely realize and speaking to lots of my friends in similar positions, I think people would say the same. And so there's so much in having as much experience as you can. So I don't think you should feel you have to rush into it tomorrow. While you're still not 100% sure what it is, it's okay to take your time. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. My number one, when people ask me that question is always passion. What is your passions? And also learning uh, from someone who's done it before. There's always um, someone who's done something similar, or even if it's not in the same industry, you know, starting a business um, can be taught in so many different ways, obviously not in the same industry. So very good advice. So thank you for sharing that. A big crazy dream of mine is to inspire 101 million people around the world to write down three carefully considered dreams on paper and start chasing them. It's a big dream of mine. Um, it struck it. me. <laughs> thank you. It struck me a couple of years ago how few people actually take out time to dream. A lot of people I come across set goals. When I find setting goals, they often look at what is possible in the next 12 months or so. But I find that you know, if you are really dreaming, um, you can make such a positive impact and, and and really change your life. What three dreams would you write down if you knew anything was possible and you couldn't possibly fail to achieve any of them, if you're happy to share? It's <laughs> a brilliant, brilliant question. I think for me, first and foremost, it would be, it would be trying to completely take down all preconceptions that eating well and taking care of ourselves is a negative thing because I think the world would be a much better place if we all had so much energy and clarity in our thought and felt brilliant and that would be number one I would I think the second thing would be to really be able to create a company that does things differently that puts community first that's led by community and that shows, you know, how possible it is to kind of really be socially responsible on a big scale. I think that's that's a really big, really big dream of mine. I think, you know, the the plant-based movement is so powerful and is, is really important for our climate and very passionate about that. And I think the third thing would be to be able to really create a family business that we can have forever and ever that, you know, is successful enough to sustain us forever and that we can keep running together for the rest of our life and hand over to our children. I would absolutely love that. What amazing three dreams. It's And I love that you're sharing them because perhaps some of um, of our listeners are able to, to help them to make your dreams um, come true. I'm such a big believer in sharing dreams and then see that happen around you while people are, are helping. So thank you for sharing and I love, I love you big dreaming and making. Oh, thank you. Thanks for encouraging me to do it. <laughs> it's great. I love it. I often get asked by people how I can live a balanced life. And it seems to be an, uh, I don't know if it's the right word, but an epidemic that people feel that they're living out of balance. What would you say to people who ask you um, about that, to how to live a, ba- a balanced life? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things there. I think, first of all, balance is so different to everyone, right? And it's going to be different every day, every week, every month, every year for the rest of our lives. And so I think we have to be okay with that, first and foremost. And then I think the other thing is that, you know, I think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves. And balance can mean so many different things to so many different people. And I know, like, you know, people talk a lot about the work-life balance. And when we were studying Delicious Yellows, something people ask me all the time. And I was like, honestly, you know, we have the opportunity of a lifetime with our business right now. Like, that's my focus. And I, I, I'm going to put that first. I'm going to make that choice. I'm not going to see it as a sacrifice. I'm going to see it as a choice. And, you know, in, to lots of people's eyes, that's not balance. But on a kind of big view of my life, I think that is balance because I'm putting in the time to hopefully create a life of my dreams in the future and so I think we can put so much pressure on any moment to kind of have I had work-life balance today if I had balance in the way I eat today and it's not about today or this moment it's about your life and I think you can kind of ease the pressure off a little bit in that sense 
and just kind of allow yourself to be a bit more intuitive with what you want to be doing, what you need to be doing at any given time in any different part of your life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think I so relate to, um, you know, being kind of out of balance when you start a business. But for me, that wasn't out of balance either, because I just love what I was doing. I could spend 24 seven doing what I you know, I loved, which was all part of the business. But then, of course, I had children and um, and that changed then. So it's it's all very different in, in different stages of life as well. Exactly. I know that social media, in particular Instagram, has played a huge role in your success. Can you share with us a couple of key lessons or any wisdom you've learned along the journey of building such a large and engaged following on social media? Well, honestly, I think authenticity and community are the two cornerstones of social media. I really, really do. You know, I didn't really realize that when I started, but in retrospect, it it was amazing because I started sharing just my own journey and I think people could relate to that. There was a sense of kind of personal in there that people really appreciated. And because I wasn't very well and I didn't have much to do with my time, I was always at home. And so I was so appreciative of people connecting with what I was doing that I was replying to everyone the whole time. And that started to create a sense of dialogue. And it it's what led to this sense of community. I've learned so much from our audience. I, I think and I hope our audience feel genuinely connected to me and our team and, and Delicious Seattle as a whole rather than feeling it's transactional. And I think that's so powerful. Yeah, and you've done such a good job on it too. And um, I love what you're sharing, so that's great. If you could give our listeners just three tips for living a healthier lifestyle, what would that be? I think first first and foremost, just kind of living by the idea that for anything to be sustainable, it has to be enjoyable, okay? So, you know, make sure, you know, guacamole is a vegetable. Like, it doesn't all have to be greens. And, you know, if you want to make some little changes, do – changes that you like that you can see yourself doing for the rest of your life rather than saying I'm never going to do this again I'm never going to do that again and then two weeks later saying oh I am going to do it and then feeling like you're failing you're not failing you've just set yourself an impossible target so think about small slow steady sustainable enjoyable enjoyable being the fundamental word there I think that's number one I think number two focus on positives not negatives you know, coming back to that whole idea, glass half full. So what can you add in that's going to make you feel better? You know, is that just prioritizing, trying to get some sleep? So you get, you know, seven hours sleep at night and you feel way more energized. Is that prioritizing, trying to get a little bit of exercise in? Is that prioritizing, trying to get an extra portion of fruit or veg into every meal? Like start to think about what you're adding in, not what you're taking away. So positives, not negatives. And then I think for the third thing, just start to experiment more. You know, I think we can all feel, sometimes feel like we've got to do what someone says we've got to do because that's what the recipe is or that's what they're saying. But be inspired and then be creative with it. Take what works for you and run with it and see what, you know, try a recipe and think, oh, I'd love it if it was spicier or hotter or creamier or blah, blah, blah. And just add your twist on it, you know. And again, I think that's what really heightens the enjoyability. Yeah, love that. I have to ask you, um, what is your, if you have one recipe in your books, what would you do mainly? Like if, you know, we all have a few dishes that we kind of do all the time. What's your number one? I think first and foremost, it's, I love our bean chili. It's so easy. It's actually our most popular recipe ever. And I think it's just because it's such a like an easy meal and it's just sauteed garlic and onion and celery and then you saute dried thyme and rosemary and tomato puree in with that and then you add mixed beans tinned tomatoes splash of maple salt and pepper of course and like just let it all simmer down so it's really thick and warming and I serve that either with our cornbread which is black beans and coriander and, and sweet corn fresh chili polenta or just with some brown rice and some coconut yogurt fresh coriander and it's it's so easy like it literally takes two minutes because all you need to do is chop onion garlic celery and then you just pop the lid on the pan and it just cooks itself it's amazing so I, I make a lot of things like that because you know you know how it is like when you're busy you're always short on time so that's perfect because I can put it onto simmer and then, you know, go and like sort my laundry out or tidy up or do my emails or kind of check in my husband, 
maybe do a little bit of meditation. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And I have to say, um, having started uh, Kiki K in London, I was a very frequent visitor going on my way home to, to your deli. I absolutely love that. And I always ch- chose those kind of dishes. So thank you for sharing that recipe. I'm sure our listeners will be starting to um, cook that, hopefully. <laughs> You've got a blog, uh, app, website, best-selling books, millions of followers, delicious and healthy food products, a beautiful deli in London, and you re- recently became a qualified yoga teacher, which is so, so amazing. But I'm sure our listeners would love to know what's next for Ella as a person. Who knows is the answer, you know? <laughs> I never would have thought that, like, you know, you're talking about dreaming big. Like, if you told me, you know, a couple of months after starting Delicious Yellow, where are you going to be you know, five, six years later? Not a chance would I have said here today. Yeah. And so, you know, really makes me think, you know, when you say what's next in the big view, I just can't even imagine. Like, I hope we continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. But I, I kind of, it feels like the sky's the limit at the moment. We're really working on our food products at the moment and kind of lots and lots of really exciting um, new developments to bring into stores, which is brilliant. And um, we're working on some really cool stuff with our app and we've just um, launched our podcast, which is really exciting and loads of cool stuff in the works. So it's just, yeah, it feels like just kind of keep on aiming to the stars, really. That's so exciting and we can't wait to to follow you. I'd love to finish off by asking you a, a few very quick questions that I know our listeners would love to hear you answer. Do you have any particular morning routine to set you up for a productive day? Yeah, I do yoga every morning and I find it magic, real magic. It makes me feel so good and it creates such positive headspace and really helps cement kind of a feeling of physical space, which to me really creates mental space. And it's been a really powerful thing. And I used to be a bit nervous about taking that hour. And I need to do this, I need to do that. But I've realized in giving that, creating that space, it gives me way more time because I'm so much more efficient and open and calm, which is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Yoga is just magical that way. Do you do it um, at home or do you do it in a class or do you combine it a bit? depends on the day and kind of what's possible I love to go to a class but you know it's not not always feasible depending on what's happening that day yeah yeah and do you have any other particular rituals to help you live your dream life that's kind of my number one kind of non-negotiable to be completely honest with you um I think other than that is just trying to as you said earlier like just have gratitude for everything and there are days where I kind of find myself in like you know, running around all over the shop thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. And I stop and I think, no, how cool is this? You're doing this and you're doing that and you're getting to talk to this person. How cool is that? And that just trying to always stop yourself and just always continuously like reframe that thinking. Absolutely. And you know, one one thing that I say almost every day is lucky us, you know, how lucky are we to be living in this, in this time that they're anything is possible and um, that you really can, you know, that we were born in countries where we have the freedom to do what we, what we love. So I, that's one thing that I keep saying every morning, lucky us. <laughs> I completely agree. And it's so important to remind yourself of that. Yeah, absolutely. Have you got a favorite Kiki K product? And if you do, what is it? Gosh, everything you guys make is so beautiful. I love to have a gorgeous notepad with me. And obviously you guys make those a plenty at all times. So I always have ideas and I always have, oh, I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And I find just having something with me, kind of journal, kind of to-do list, kind of life planner, organizer, thinker, space creator, but just somewhere in which I can write down all throughout the day, thoughts, things that I want to focus on, things I want to do, reminders, notes to myself. And I love that. And I love to go back through it. So yeah, one makes a big difference as well. It's always inspiring. Oh, thank you so much. And I love, I love that you're using a notebook because I think that's when you're capturing a lot of the ideas that otherwise get, get away from you because you can't keep everything in your head. So I'm very happy to hear you using that. So thank you for sharing. And uh, what's your favorite book and why? Um, my favorite book I've ever read is called Any Human Heart by William Boyd. And you know what? It's just a brilliant story. It's fictional, but it doesn't feel like it's fictional. It's the most brilliant, brilliant read. Um, really recommend it. But it just, it kind of takes you through all of life's ups and downs, you know, swings and roundabouts. 
with such warmth and candor and it just kind of shows you you know that's what life's about and you've got to take that for what it is and I it's a beautifully written book and it just love the message of that oh fantastic I love I love any book tips and I haven't I haven't heard of that one so thank you so much for for sharing just one last question for you if you could go back to your younger self say when you were in your late teens what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now that honestly, everything will work itself out. Like, don't get too caught up in stuff because no matter how bad something seems and, you know, having seen some kind of pretty difficult stuff, it's, you know, you will always find a way to put one foot in front of the other. You always, always will. And you can spend so long worrying about things and they'll happen in a split second. And before you know it, you will have got past it. And so it's not worth ruining other things by worrying about something that you don't even know how it's going to play out, if it's going to play out. Yeah, such a good advice. And I'm sure a lot of us uh, will take that on. It's, it's, it's a brilliant advice. And, and thank you so much for sharing. And Elas, thank you so much for your time. And I just loved our chat and it's been so a, such an inspiring conversation. And I cannot wait to continue, follow your amazing journey and see what you're doing and um, have no doubts that your dream life will be such an inspiring one. And I'm um, very grateful to have had you on our podcast so thank you so much well thank you and thank you for inspiring us all to think a little bigger because i think we all need that push sometimes wow what an amazing story and what an inspiring person ella is i hope you found her story as empowering as i did one of the most powerful lessons i took from ella's story is that we can all take control of our lives and let our passions and values guide us in creating a life we love our dream life The way she overcame such a difficult time in her life by taking control of her own path really inspired me. I am such a strong believer in getting into the driver's seat of your own life. And this is something I really focused on in my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here. It's well worth reading and exploring for yourself to help you create your dream life, whatever that means to you. I really hope this episode has left you feeling super inspired and excited to find your passions and start building your own dream life. If you haven't got a copy yet, I encourage you to get hold of my book and the dream life journal that I have created to go with it, which is a great starting point if you want guidance on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k com forward slash dream life. This is a really powerful and free step-by-step exercise to help you on your dreaming journey. I've led thousands of people around the world through this exercise, and I think you'll find it incredibly inspiring. If you love this episode and found it useful, please help us spread this inspiring message to even more people by posting about it on social media with the hashtag 101 million dreamers. You can also leave us a review to help us inspire even more people. I would love your support with my big crazy dream to inspire 101 million people to write down three dreams on paper and go and chase them. Until next time, thanks for listening. Dream big.